Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I might the train Shut up. You're here. And good thing, because we've got lots of work. The talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, although you just heard that in the intro, but now you're hearing it again, just in case you were doing something else at the time. Now it's going to stick for life. You know who the host is. If you haven't listened to Employee of the Month before, it is a glimpse into people's careers, careers that I admire, and that's why today's episode, I am bringing you the one and only Leslie Goshko. Um, Leslie is a actor, musician, storyteller, bon vivant, lover, and a cat muse. Um, she she has an incredible show that I've had the privilege of being on um, called Sideshow Goshko, and it is celebrating its eighth year anniversary. Employee of the Month is only seven years old, and you are eight years old. So I look Beat up you. to you. With, <laughs> I look up to your wisdom. Um, but if you are in New York, you should catch it live at um, KGB, which is um, an old school and one of the few remaining um, thoughtful and really fun and genuinely – this sounds awful. I was about to say genuinely hip. But like it is – it's remained yeah. true to its freaks and geeks core. That's very true. What a lovely intro. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, welcome. We are in ACAST Studios for the very first time, and ACAST has like just – they've given us so many drinks. They so. rolled – yeah, we, we literally have five, Coffee, five water, drinks here. green a, tea, wine. Yep. We're, we're doing it up. Sangria. Everything. Um, I, I'm sitting on a bedpan because <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make it. Just to see if she can make it through. Um, <laughs> you've been doing – so I actually, let's start at the beginning. So like – I'm guessing that you always knew you were going to be an actor. I always wanted – well, I always wanted to be a performer. Okay. So, uh, it, like, I used to – but I feel like kids do this all the time. Like, I used to, like, interview myself in my mirror. Nice. Like, you, like I was on a talk show. What did you talk about? It was always like, so how did you know you were going to – and I was like, I don't know. It just happened. Because <laughs> I did that too, but I had to, like, add logic to it where it didn't fit. So, like, I had this thing where Barbara Walters would always be interviewing me. And then I had to like, as I got older, I'd start to understand that you have to have a reason for her interviewing you. So I'd be like, okay, the world blew up and I was the only person who survived. I like that you have Oprah. Like in mine, it was always just some like generic, like. like generic person. Generic, like was off, you. Yeah. It just like, it, it would be like a low budget, like, so how'd you do this with your life? And I'm like, I don't know. It just happened. Mine was Barbara <laughs> Walters. And, um, and then like when I started to understand you had to have a camera person, I'd be like, okay, I survived and the camera person survived. Like it was. <laughs> this is very. I, f- I feel like I'm getting to know a lot more about you just with your with my your fantasies. <laughs> like these, like strange, like this is logical now. It works. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I can I can imagine you were just always a ham. Was were other people in your family very funny? My well, my parents both have a really good sense of humor. My dad is is very funny, and my mom she she's really funny. Um, they just yeah, they just have really sh- they're very sharp. They're very okay. witty. Um, but they're not going to be like on stage or the, although my mom used to, um, oh, she's going to hate that I say this. That's right. She doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> go to town. There you go. But like, she used to be like a dancer. She used to be a belly dancer. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Like, and she has like, she had all these costumes and there's professional photographs of her doing like all this belly dancing. Wait, how did your mom get into belly dancing? I don't, cause she always danced and she used to do gymnastics. 
And she's an artist. She can paint and draw and she quilts and does crafts. Like she's super handy. And she's kind of like bummed that like me and my sister, like neither of us are like picked up like the craft bug. Yeah. My sister draws, but. um, Or the belly dancing bug. Or the belly dancing. Oh, and then she lived in Hawaii for a while. And then she was this hippie on the beach. And then she was like a hula dancer. (laughs) Oh, she sounds fun. Yeah, just like a hippie. But she's like a good time Charlie. Wait, where did she grow up? Wisconsin. And then where did you grow up? Uh, outside of Chicago. So this is kind of incredible. Okay, so she's very <laughs> bohemian. Yeah. And what about your dad? Not. <laughs> <laughs> so why did they get together? I don't. I asked my, my dad one time, I was like, why did you marry mom? And he goes, I don't know. She had a good sense of humor and she liked to fish. He goes, we didn't overthink things like you guys do these <laughs> days. It was like basically like she was available and disease free. Like that's yeah. what it was. And fun. And fun. But they, yeah, they were big party animals. And so they would like, they like people still talk about their wedding. Like the next day, like people were literally crawling out of the bushes, like this guy in a ripped tuxedo and stuff. And people still, they're like, your wedding was the best. They were just like, you know, they're crazy. And when did they stop being as fun? Immediately after they got married. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably, well, this is a whole other story. I'll bridge it. But my mom, like, she kind of got a little religious and zealousy, and then um, she, they, like, my dad didn't, and then, like, for years, that was a huge thing. Which religion did you guys go with? Uh, it, you call it, like, non-denominational, Pentecostal, like, speaking okay. in tongues and all that kind of thing. So my dad wasn't really jamming with that. So what happened? <laughs> he developed a drinking problem. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's why if I say that, he's open about it. <laughs> well, you've told him, uh, him beautiful stories about it that are like Aww, funny and you. thoughtful, and you're have like a remarkable gift as a storyteller and so prolific. And so that's why I was asking you these questions because you have spoken about it on stage. And I wanted to ask, like, I imagine for you, you're able to let it go. Then are they? Yes. Does they, that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and I didn't. Like, I got over that whole thing. Like, for a long time, like, I like had a little bit of a, I don't want to say like a victim mentality, but a little bit where it's like, nobody knows what I went through and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then, like, when I was in college, literally one day I was just like, eh, I'm done with that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. What ruminating. was the switch for you? I li- Like, I literally, I was in my dorm room and I woke up one day and I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm done carrying that shit around. Can I swear on here? Yes. Okay. I think it's very healthy, though, to make that transformation because part of it also I mean so were you in therapy or anything like that no no. I never I never went to therapy until like two years ago (laughs) wow Wow. I probably should have gone a lot sooner (laughs) so did you become religious well so my it like our house was kind of divided like my mom I mean we were kids so we just like kind of well I did my sister's a little more stubborn but like I just kind of did what she said because the, our house was so crazy because my dad was like always drinking and my mom was like super religious and my sister, she had a kidney disease growing up. So she was always sick and we had like in-home nurses and like hospital. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, I mean, so I just didn't want to cause trouble. So like if my mom was like, you're going to church like five times in a week, I was like, I'm going to church five times in a week. And wow, it's okay. kind of like that. So yeah, that's really tough. I was, was there a pageantry element that you were attracted to at all? Just because there's a lot of comedians, they had 
dad, a lot of comedians, three people I know. Um, <laughs> That's you know, all of us. <laughs> their parents are ministers. And I, I just was curious if like the pageantry at all was attractive to you or were, were there any, what did you get out of the religious elements? Because I do completely understand being the good kid and particularly when you have yeah. a, sick, you know, a sick sibling and things like that. But um, yeah, I'm just curious if you got anything out of What did I get that. out of it? If anything, a, a guilt complex that lasts me oh, to this so day. Sorry. I have, I have so huge sorry. guilt issues. Me too. me too. Like I feel like even if I get like if I ever get a cold even and I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So like if I get a cold, I feel I've done something wrong to deserve it. Yeah. And I'm like, because if I was a good person or blah, 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 blah. And yeah. Like stuff like that. It's stupid. It's really healthy. Yeah. Super healthy. And helpful. Super fun to be around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I liked uh, – I mean, there with our church particularly, there was a lot of pageantry. Like me and my sister formed a tambourine team. Oh, I love this. <laughs> we had like these, these big tambourines with like ribbons on them and all the ribbons had different uh, names. Like – like there, the colors, like there was one with all different colors of red and maroon and that was called like Covenant. And like, <laughs> oh my God, this is fantastic. <laughs> and there's like, you know, Noah's Ark, all these different ones. And then we had a tape. I don't even know where this tape came from. Our pastor gave it to us. And there were like tambourine routines that you would learn and put together and then we would go perform them on Sunday at Praise and Worship. Well, perform. But we had like this at Praise, praise and what? Praise, oh, praise and Worship. Our church also took place in a YMCA. <laughs> okay. And so like praise and worship was what? what that's after praise, swimming or? Yeah. It's before racquetball, after <laughs> swimming. <laughs> You'll find it on, on your schedule sheet of events. Um, yeah. It was so weird. We never got a church. I was in that church from like the age of like seven to 18 or something like yeah. that. We never had a church. We were always in the jogging room of this YMCA. It was very bizarre. But I completely relate. Like my uncle and aunt would take me to see a guru. My uncle is Catholic and my aunt is Jewish. And they would take me to see a guru in um, Jamaica, Queens, which is the largest population of Pakistanis how, and Indians. How do you even of find Indian a guru? Pakistan. It's like, do you, do you look that up in the white page? It's like guru. I, th I think it was like a big, starting to be a big thing in the late 70s kind of thing, you know? But, I love but it's the same thing. I went to a public school in Jamaica, Queens with them, and I would like dress up in a sari and what? like go to this guru. And like, <laughs> it's just very interesting because. Everyone in that area is Indian and Pakistani, and then there'd be like oh my God. a lot of hippie to be white people. Like, <laughs> and then there's you and your sorry <laughs> tripping all over the place. That's awesome. Yeah, but but I remember it wasn't in you know a, a a congregation or a temple or any anything like that. It was at a tennis court or at a public school. It's yeah, it's so weird. It was like, and this church was weird. Like I, I now I kind of have issues with it where I'm like that was effed up. Like towards the end, like they had a signing contract saying like how many souls we were going to bring into the church and like messed oh, up proselytizing. Yeah, and it was like if you didn't reach your quota, then there, there's problems. And it's like you can't. This isn't Wells Fargo. <laughs> I know it's not like uh, like a, I'm going down the assembly line and I have five souls. You know, check them off. Like it is weird and. But it was, uh, yeah, pa pageantry, I don't know. I mean, we okay. had our stuff. And, like, you know, we do, like, shepherd's plays and all that stuff. And what are shepherd's plays? Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. We have, like, you know, like, you do, like, the nativity and, like, oh. all that kind of stuff. And Okay. So you did perform there. I did perform. But I never got cast in any leads. Ever. Ever. I was always, like. It's like, the number one way to, like, turn someone off to religion when you, like, don't get included. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm always, like, yeah, rejected. shepherd number three or, like, I – They'd find these uh, specifically made Christian musicals. <laughs> like what are those? Like, like Jesus Salt Christ Superstar? No, that's too secular. Okay. Uh, that's good. Jesus was hot. I saw it in London. Oh, so hot. So right? good looking, right? Little loincloth. Yeah. 
Uh, nice Jewish guy. <laughs> Bring him home to mama. Handy. <laughs> Very handy around the house. Oh, God. Yeah, so, um, there was this this thing called um, Salty, this, what was he, Salty, the singing hymn book? Like, if you look it up, and so there were all these, like, salty songs, and it's, like, this big hymn book that, like, dances around, and you learn lessons, and so we would do, like, salty musicals. That sounds fun. <laughs> well, I got I got shitty parts all the time. I was always, like, the neighbor kid who had to be saved because I was a sinner, but I never got to say any lines. Oh, so they were, like, writing you in. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Well, I still think it's cool that you got to do some acting. Did you do acting elsewhere at school or anything like that? You just seem so fun and full of life, and I can't imagine <laughs> you growing up and napping. Of course, I didn't act or do any of those things when I was a kid, and I was a complete like living in my head imaginary. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get that from your fantasies you have. <laughs> <laughs> they were all very logically based. Who's key grip in this fantasy? <laughs> We're going to need a best boy and a gaffer. <laughs> They're allowed to stay No? Alive. Okay, fine. Fantasy done. We're done daydreaming today. I was that a nightmare about guerrilla warfare? What? Like getting on the, the school bus. They As were a kid? all go- gorillas like holding guns. And I, yeah. I mean, I just put it together that it was, someone had mentioned probably guerrilla warfare and I was so literal minded that I thought it was like gorillas carrying. Wow. When did, I, when did you start therapy? <laughs> Um, I started therapy in um, high school, but I, I was obsessed with reading about um, Freud and Young and all of these people. And I would read like self-help books. Oh, when I was that see, age. like that. Yeah, we didn't do It was just the Bible. That's it. It's yeah. just like you're reading your Bible. This is equally annoying to be around a teenager who like wants to diagnose you. Yeah, I, I would say like. I'd I'd, I'd I would have competed. <laughs> I would have tried to save your soul. Yes, you would have. You might have. You might have been effective, more effective at it than like women who love too much or whatever the books it was that I was reading at that age. Um, oh, that's funny. But so okay. So at school, did you do any plays or theater or anything? So it was kind of the same thing. Like I went to. This was very weird. I don't know why my mom did this. Uh, I think it's the more like religious she got than I got affected by. But I went to public school for kindergarten through sixth grade, and then. High school through college was all private religious schools, but they were all different religions too. Like I went to a Lutheran school and then a Calvinist school, and then my college was non-denominational. But all that's just (laughs) – Sorry. I just want to know what's the difference between between the Lutherans – because I went to a Methodist preschool and then a Protestant – um, elementary school. What's the difference between st- Lutherans and Calvinists? Tell- well, ca- I can tell you Calvinism because that place was crazy. So the Calvinists believe very much in predestination, okay. that some of you are selected to be, quote unquote, saved or you're going to heaven and the rest of you are just kind of fucked. And then wow. it's like, well, then why even try and yeah, like proselytize or whatever if it's like you're doomed and you're not and it's like because we're commanded by god and so it's like basically we're just these puppets living out a thing and we don't really have any free will it also pits people against each other yeah so that's calvinism wow uh my lutheran school they were a little bit more like hey it's okay to drink wine on the weekends and be good during the week (laughs) now i'm sure lutherans are gonna be like that's not what it is but it wasn't my school that's how it felt when you were a kid yeah you know it was like kind of like not super religious. They went there on Sunday and that was it. Okay. But so uh, in public school, we – like I would do school plays. But again, I would never get a lead ever, ever. And then when I got into – It's anti-Semitism, Leslie. I'm telling you. <laughs> right? Come on. And then when I got into uh, junior high and high school, those schools didn't really have a theater department because oh. they were so whatever. Sorry. The last two years um, – of my high school. I, I did like some plays, but, and then I got, I did like a community theater production. And then my mom was like, 
I'm not driving you every night to this, so you're not doing another play till you're 16 and have a car. No, but it is so true because I'll, when I interview people who are like extraordinarily successful, a lot of the times like their parents just like nourished and nurtured and were like, yes, I'm happy to drive my daughter oh. every day after school. And like my parents would have been like, no. No, my mom did it once and she kind of bitched the whole time. I mean, right. she, they're proud of me now, but like. like complained. My, I believe the word is complained. Yeah, complain. <laughs> ungrateful. Like, and my dad, like he never, he never came to anything like, you know, like piano recitals or shows or anything, you know, and like. They didn't – yeah, they just were, like, very uninvolved with that kind of thing. My dad fell asleep during my bat mitzvah. I know. <laughs> One of my greatest performances. I ad-libbed. <laughs> do you, do you get a theme portion. for those? Yes. Mine was bestiality. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Why? I mean, that wasn't the theme of my party. My party was, like, a beach theme. But for the Torah portion, it was about bestiality. Well, because it falls during a certain chapter. I mean, you're, you're, you're like this is I don't know enough. Of, I don't know enough about this. Well, because you know they read the same book over and over every year. Um, they haven't gotten past it. It's better than Tuesdays <laughs> with Maury. Um, but so they they read the Old Testament. But no, they, I mean they read it the Torah every year. They have a beginning. I mean, that, so that's what marks the holidays. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I just fell. I guess I fell during a really fun week. Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. Um, it was indeed. Although I do love the idea that like a child becomes around 12 or 13. I mean, there, it's really boys initially who were the only ones who were allowed to be bar mitzvahed and then um, more progressive parents, you know, included their daughters. But I love the idea that like you're responsible to your community. That's not what usually gets translated by the production over the party and all of those things. But <laughs> But that ideal is quite beautiful to me. Yeah. And there are parents now who will, like, set up a thing so that their child, like, does a lot of volunteer work and also, like, learns about different religions. And, oh, you know, wow. And we had, like, I had a, a a pen pal in Soviet Russia who was a Soviet Jew. Like, we had different things, you know. Look at you. Yeah, I mean, you're I You're so well-rounded. Well, it's like I knew about Putin before everyone else. And all <laughs> before they got on the bandwagon. <laughs> is that he is far more dangerous than Trump will ever acknowledge. Um. So okay. So when did so you went to college? You said to a, a secular school. No, that that was also private. I was never going to go to college, but okay. Wow. Because neither of my parents. My dad went for like a year, maybe, yeah. and then my mom never went, and they never really pushed it. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to graduate high school and be a secretary. Like that was my plan. Wow. Um, but and I don't say this to be like, mm, look at me. I just say it because this is why I ended up going. So I was uh, – my high school's valedictorian. So after I, like, did all that work – You were valedictorian and you were still like, I'm not going to go to college? Yeah. I was, I was my uh, junior high salutatorian and then my high school valedictorian. Do you want to break down for people what the difference between – I know what it is, but do you want to break down the difference between salutarian and valedictorian? Yeah, one's better. Salutatorian, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's basically your, your, you're the second highest. Okay. That's basically what it is. Okay. So – um, so, but like in high school, so I worked so hard and just because like I'm a type A personality, like I wasn't like working like to, to go to college with that, but I'm just like obsessive. Yeah. <laughs> so I finished that and I was like, oh, I was like, well, maybe I should think about going to college because like I just did all this work and maybe I could get scholarships. And my mom was still like really at the height of her religiosity, if that's a word. Okay. And she was like, well, and because I was always such a good kid. I didn't really like push back on a lot of stuff. And so at the time she was like, well, if you're going to go to college, uh, you're going to go to Oral Roberts University. And I was like, 
Do you want to also explain to people who Oral Roberts is? <laughs> well, children, gather around and listen. Oral Roberts, uh, he's an evangelist, like a televangelist, uh, who also locked himself in our prayer tower because we have a prayer tower on campus. Wow. This is not to be confused with the Oral Redenbacher, by the way. No, but equally Popcorn as delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and he, he was this televangelist. And uh, at the campus, they have a tour. You, do you ever see those shows where it's like you take like a bad tour? Like they'll show like the no. history. And it has like animatronics. No, like, I never see these shows. <laughs> but so, okay, so you were supposed to go to this Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts University. So, so I went there for like a college weekend is what they call it. You can check it out. And I didn't like it. I didn't want to, it's in Oklahoma. I'm from Chicago. Like I didn't, I didn't want to go there. And and they, you know, it's, you have to wear, um, they've changed it since, since the president got like found out for fraud. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you had to wear skirts and dresses every day and you, they couldn't be uh, shorter than two inches above the middle of the knee. The middle of the knee is the hottest part of a woman. <laughs> it's super hot. That and the ankles. I, I, and men. <laughs> and, and anyone really. LGBTQ. I don't want to like to leave out anyone. I mean. Yeah. Right there is such a sweet, sexy spot. <laughs> it is. It's what leads Neighbor to like a me. lot of illicit sexual activity. <laughs> okay. and, and like, you know, guys couldn't have facial hair. They had to wear ties to class. We had a curfew. This was a little fucked up. The girls had curfew and the guys didn't. So like we had to be in our dorms by like midnight. And guys could wow. stay out as long as they wanted. And we had chapel all the time, mandatory chapel, um, like a, bu- a bunch of stuff like that. It was like crazy. So that's where I went. <laughs> and then I was going to transfer after two years because it was too much. And I was like, I don't. You went there for two years. I graduated from there. Amazing. Leslie, I... you deserve like a purple heart. <laughs> this is why I'm drinking a beer while we record this. <laughs> it's, not, it's still daylight out. It's still I, daylight. Because I have to relive she's... my memories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was going to transfer out after two years because I was like, I don't really believe this. Like I, by then, like I started really kind of like pushing back on what I thought about things. Yeah. How? So yeah, that must be so hard to be so different in that world. Yeah. And I was an RA. I became an RA too because I was running out of scholarship money. So I needed to like do that. And then I was like a resident advisor. Yeah. And I, and I had to be in charge of, uh, doing, uh, basically bed check. I have to make sure everyone's in their room. Uh, and so it was really hard for me to enforce those rules because I didn't believe in it. So I was a very popular RA. (laughs) I bet. I mean, but that's, I mean, you're just so magnanimous, like you, and you're so creative and effervescent that I said, when you're different, I'm including these parts that don't really fit in a structured, you know, ordered, docile yeah, kind it, that, of environment. It started to become a trouble, like troublesome going into that junior year. Cause after the second year, I was like, this isn't for me. And I was going to leave, but I couldn't transfer my credits. So I was going to be a junior and everywhere I looked at, they were like, you're going to have to start over as a freshman because we're not going to accept these credits because we literally, my gen ed, this is literally a gen ed I had to take. It's what called is gen ed? Your, your general education okay. requirements. So one of my gen eds was called charismatic life in the healing ministry. <laughs> That's literally a gen ed I had to Wait, take. What is charismatic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what the class was. It's, it, I, you, I don't know. This is way better than signing up for improv and sketch classes. <laughs> This is incredible. <laughs> so, like, like credits like that don't transfer. No, they don't. Did they had yoga for Christians? What Wait, you guys already had that? yoga. That's very well. Amazing. That no, that came later. That came like at, when I was very leaving, and they were trying to get Pilates in there, and they said it was too new age. Wait, I don't understand. I don't. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, Joseph Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> that was seen as new age. That puppet of the devil. Them. Yeah, yeah. He's a dancer. Yeah. Were you allowed to dance? Uh, we didn't have. Like, no, we didn't have like dances or anything like Would that. Would other Christian religious schools take you? 
Maybe just Trump University is too bad it didn't exist then. They, oh God. Like, who would take Oral Roberts credit? Probably, there's a school outside of Chicago, I believe it's called Wheaton. Okay. So they would probably take, but even then, they're, they're a different kind of branch. So I okay. think some of those, but I didn't want to go to Wheaton either. I didn't want to be in a religious school anymore. Yeah. So that I wanted to come to New York and go to AMDA, American Musical Dramatic Academy. How did you know about it? Because this is pre-internet? It's like just, it's just around like, okay. I didn't have an email till I was in college and Me I still either. didn't know how to use it. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, why am I going to email the person? I, I was like, I don't understand how this works. What's the internet? So um, I found out about it. Yeah, online. And then I had a friend but in college. But how did you find out about it? A friend of mine in college had gone there for a semester. Wow. And okay. then he dropped out. It was too much for him. He couldn't do it. Because he had gone to Oral Roberts. Well, all the knees. Once he's all these knees in New York, he was like, oh, he's like, it's too much. Screw that, man. <laughs> too, <laughs> too much sex. Too much sex. On the brain. Oh, well, oh, so this is a funny story. So he, him and this girl from our school both came into AMDA for like a semester or whatever. And I guess one of the first days in class, because they came back to our, our drama department, they came back to our school and then re-enrolled in our school because they were like, it's so... It's Sin City over there in New York. And they were like, yeah, the first day of class, this girl was telling the story. She goes, the first day of class at AMDA, at AMDA, they asked us what kind of condom we would be. And I guess some people were like, I'm ribbed for her pleasure, you know, like whatever. Amazing. And then they came to her and she goes, I would be no condom because I'm saving myself for marriage. Wow. And so it was like that kind of thing. So like, wow. So I was like, I got to go to that place. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't have the money. Like I, you know, I, of course. I mean, I'm go, still paying off my student loan debt for Oral Roberts University. How effed up is that? <laughs> that is the most heartbreaking story I've heard I in think so that's long. The saddest and I've just that. heard about a poor one year old with cancer who like can't get his medical care because Trump just did a ban. On All right, look, give me five medicine. minutes with him. I'll show him. What, I'll show him what tragedy is. Oh my god. I'm so sad that you have debt for Oral Roberts University. Me too. But I'm so proud of you for figuring out how to get out of there and get yourself to New York. There we go. I did it. <laughs> that's a huge deal. Thanks. I mean, like it here. Yeah. Did you – well, so I, I imagine that you came here and saw all these other misfits and felt at home or is that not the case? Well, I – Was it overwhelming? No. I had, I had done a theater tour after I graduated and so we came through New York – what was that? So, so you were already doing theater. <laughs> yeah, but it, this, I mean, calling this part theater, it's pretty uh, loose. It was a children's theater tour. It's like one of those things okay. where they're like, we're going to pay you $50 a week and you're going to live in a van and go to these public schools during the day. And I was like, sounds good. Um, so we came through New York and it was just like, we had like a PVC pipe stage that we had to put together. It was very low budget. And I did that for three months and I almost went like insane at the but end. But you still do children's, uh, you do a children's band now. Yeah, which I never thought I was going to, but check it out, Thunder and Sunshine Band. <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, I didn't think I was going to get ever get back into that. But so I had been to New York and my cousin lives here. Okay. And she, they were going away. And so she had this amazing apartment in the East Village. She's like, here's a key. Here's my apartment. Hang out for a couple days. Is she still here? Yeah. Do you live in that apartment? No, she's she? very successful. Okay. <laughs> she lives on Park Avenue. <laughs> oh, nice. What yeah. a great cousin to have. I know. She's, and she's warm and generous. That's awesome. She is. Although I feel like I'm not going to get invited back because I got a little drunk at Thanksgiving last year. <laughs> is that true? What did you say? <laughs> this is non-work related and I want to hear everything. <laughs> I'm like, if it's really bad, can you edit this out? Maybe. <laughs> so everything was going really fine. <laughs> Me and my husband were there and like we're having this great time. And then – and I like – we, we were just having wine and like I was pacing myself and then 
And then they were like, uh, oh, do you want like some after dinner whiskeys? And I was like, yeah, man. But like we had already had like this wine. And so then I had like a couple whiskeys on the rocks. And by the end, uh, her daughter is like 10, okay. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And I love her. I love like I love them. But like she was walking around. And I was like, ah, girl, you're my bitch. This is my bitch right here. Oh, and, <laughs> and I just kept calling my like 10 year Oh my god! It's <laughs> amazing. And I was like, so uh, amazing. Yeah. And then the next day, my husband was like, "Oh, do you remember calling your like cousin a bit?" Did you? Like, yeah, I did. And then I felt really bad. Did you just say, "I'm so sorry"? I just didn't say anything. Oh, not okay. Right. <laughs> I just there's I just, that approach. Yeah, I there's just that approach. I sent them a Christmas card, and they sent me one back. So I feel like we're good. You're fine. That's an amazing. <laughs> okay, I've learned I got a lot of insight into your family. Um, yeah, we we don't deal with any real emotions. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, so wait, so that's, I kind of okay. regret telling that. <laughs> so you got to New York. No, it's funny. It's like, first of all, if I just, I feel like when people, well, some people don't have as dysfunctional families and some people also don't have self-awareness about how dysfunctional their families are. There's two different things going on. Yeah. Um, and for the rest of us, we're aware that uh, it's a pretty uneven mix. <laughs> it's a little grab bag. But you also had to survive Oral Roberts University. Yes. And still have debt. So she knows that you are you – are, She knows I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you come here through this children's theater. No, well, I no. came here because I won the Hairspray contest. Okay. So let's talk about that. Yeah. That's very exciting. So Hairspray in like 2006, they announced uh, on – Broadway.com, they were like, oh, we're having this national dance contest where you upload a video of yourself dancing to one of the songs from the show, and the winner, we're going to fly out to New York, and for one night only, you perform on stage with the cast of Hairspray. And I was like, uh, I was super into musical theater. I was, do I was doing a lot of community theater at that time after I okay. graduated in Tulsa. So I was like, oh, I'm totally entering this contest. <laughs> Long story short, um, I, I won, and they flew us out. And I was supposed to be in one number and they put me in three. And I was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. So then like amazing. you're That's like so excited. It was so cool. It's like grown up Disneyland. It is. It, and they were so nice. Everyone was so nice. And so then I'm here and it, it makes it – it's very deceiving because you're like, oh, this is so easy. I'm already on Broadway in New York. I'm just going to move here and do more of this. And then you come here and then you get like depressed. <laughs> Completely. Completely. Yeah. So we we both, me and my husband were both uh, full-time salaried teachers and like teachers retirement, 401k. We had a paid for car. In Tulsa. Yeah. And we are- Did you meet him at Oral Roberts? I did. Okay. And he, and he's a, like a pastor's kid. His dad uh, had, well, his dad and his mom are like missionaries and then his grandpa uh, founded a church in- Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where did he find, found the church? Uh, it's in Grove, Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> it's Where still were they missionaries? Oh, they go to like Honduras. They they, they go all over the place. Um, so so yeah. So I mean, like, our, our, we had this really nice apartment. It was four hundred dollars a month. Like you're in just, New York? No, 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 no. In, oh, Tulsa. in Tulsa. Okay. So we just had like this whole life, and then after I did the hairspray thing, I was like, "See a life!" And like we quit our jobs. Wow. And sold everything and just came up here. We didn't have jobs. How lined old up. were you? 26. That's amazing. 26. Yeah. So, and then we blew through all our savings in like a month. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I hear then, you. And then, and then uh, I was doing music. I was trying to be in music theater. I'm still not equity. And that was a big problem because you're just, you just go and you wait all day. You, so equity is union. And I think that, it, you know, it's this just impossible thing. Of it's like, a catch 22. It's a catch 22. If you're not equity, you can't go Get, to these. Auditions. Auditions, yeah. But how do you get – being equity is you get cast in the thing. So it's like yes. how do you do that? 
So I was getting really burnt out on that because I was literally spending eight to nine to ten hours just waiting and not getting seen for stuff. And that's when I started getting more into comedy because I had, I had a background with that too, like improv and all that. Well, you have an inherent talent at both. I mean, I, the beautiful thing is that you can sing so well and you do. Oh, thanks. Thanks, yeah. It was such a pleasure to see you perform last night. Oh, thanks. Thanks yeah. for coming. You perform almost every night. It's a lot lately, which I'm very grateful for. It's a it's a good problem to have. Okay, so wait, so 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 musical theater. Like, I can't make a go at this. I'm gonna try. Yeah, I just got super burnout, and I was getting really better. So then I was like, oh, I'm gonna do. uh, So I I was looking in backstage when like you actually need to like look at papers. Back when print matters. Yeah, and and they had this uh, Manhattan monologue slam. Uh huh. And that's I did that, and then I didn't win the first time, but they were like, we really like you. Please come back, and then I won the second time. Um, and so I was Manhattan Mollocks, I'm champion. And then I started getting into doing stand-up and improv and all that kind of stuff. Then became free. And that's when I met uh, Sarah Benacosta. Sarah Benacosta, she had a Another show. Employee of the Month alumni. Oh, yeah. Go and listen to She's the great. Episode. I love her. So nice. And she booked me on her show, Family Hour with Auntie Sarah. Did yes. you ever do that? Yeah, so I had a show on the main stage at Comics every oh, week. Oh, fancy pants. It was like their first alternative show every week. What was the show? It was called um, – it had the worst name. And actually, I, like, had, had proposed it as a joke, and they were like, that sounds great. It was, like, fresh meat because it was the meatpacking district, and I was, like, making I think I of- remember that. Yeah. It was a great show, though. It was, like – I could never afford main stage shows, though. I always had to go to Ochi's downstairs. But, like, I mean, David Tell, Louis C.K., like, all these really awesome. big people were on it. But also, it was the first show – this is so pathetic about the comedy world, but the comedy world was so bifurcated. It was the first show in a stand-up club that was, like – alt and you know sort of i don't want to say traditional stand-ups but traditional say, stand-ups. Like mainstream traditional yeah because kinda. then i would have like kristen shawl on and kurt Braunhaller, or like new yorker cartoonists oh like, wow and um and the, you're so good at curating shows at the second half i would interview them and i'd ask like what's your worst experience your first joke and like what makes you a special snowflake was that like a, a like a very initial kind of employee of the month seat yes Ah, yes. that's so cool. And it was like pre, you know, WTF with Mark Maron, who was yeah. on the show like three times. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was. It was, was he better? He, you couldn't get him off stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just such a funny thing because, that, of course, now there's a plethora of shows. We're listening to all of our children, <laughs> Leslie's and our children, coming home. We're actually in Soho recording. We're in a studio, and yet it's like noisy. I know. I was like, uh, all the all the kids are coming. The men are coming back from war. Yes, they've all come back in. <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, anyways, I just brought that up because, yeah, we, you and I were getting our start at the, around the same time because I yeah. was 27 and you were 26. Yep. Even though your show's eight years, mine's seven. But, <laughs> but that, that is really cool. And yeah. Was, oh, and I don't have your talent as a singer. Oh, but everything else. We were, we're right, we're right there. Yeah, we're right there. Um, <laughs> but that's right. She was starting. You no, know I'm not she Jewish, had that right? show. I know. That's why I was giving you. <laughs> I, I think it'd be that. even better if you went to Oral Roberts University. And as, and as like were, a like a, it'd be even better if I was like like an Orthodox Jew and went there. Or something. Yes, is that the? I I can't even imagine any Jews there. I don't think I no no. I yeah, don't think I, I really I met just, any Jews till I came I can, to New York. I can say oh, wait, that I was no, there Jew was, was not there was one Jewish guy there because I had a crush on him, and I, I what was he doing there? I don't. He was a music major. But he wasn't like really like he did. Sorry, but every part of the sentence is like very confusing to me, but <laughs> hilarious. Why was a Jewish music major at Oral Roberts? I don't. University? I never figured that out. I don't know. Leslie, this is like your meal ticket. But this I I hilarious. had a big crush on him, and then we made out for like a spring break, and then that was it. And then uh, he 
did he graduate from there? I think he went to a different school. I can't even remember now. I really am fascinated into his. Life. Yeah, but he was he was the only Jewish guy I knew there. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I, like I love that you're like you know that I'm not Jewish. And I was like, yes, I do. Um, but so, but I like you calling me your Jewish soul sister. I just sister. meant I was like you know, a, a, I love it, a sister from another mother. <laughs> um, so okay, so you started in in comedy then, and you also got to do things like Snap Judgment. I wanted to ask, and yeah, you're also a, a director of a storytelling where you also you know curate. I wanted to hear about that. You have an official position doing that. Oh, the director of storytelling at Gotham Comedy Foundation. Yeah. Very weird how these things like came about. The um, what was the other one? Oh, Snap Judgment, which is a, a great show on, on NPR on radio. Yeah, yeah. So well, we have it. Uh, so that I don't even. I got contacted through people just who were like, "Hey, we've heard about your show. Uh, we'd like to come record. We have a show on NPR." And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, please come." <laughs> You yeah. know? And then uh, the same thing happened with uh, the Gotham Comedy Foundation. Someone reached out to me and they're like, hey, listen, you've gotten recommended by this many people and we'd like to have you like on our staff and blah, blah, blah. So so with them, I teach. Uh, it's actually really sweet. Uh, they have a great system set up for this. It's like they, they bring storytelling and comedy to like hospitals and senior citizens like i've, I've played music uh at uh, memorial sloan kettering uh-huh i used to perform stand-up there oh did you it's, yeah it's great and these people are so sweet i mean like you have these last time i was there there was this couple and the guy's like hooked up to an iv and i was playing and singing and him and his wife were just dancing and it's it like rips your heart out and it but it's so sweet it's just like oh. and then um it's awesome from my home they have a thing for homebound seniors and they can't leave their home so they go and they give them this computer that's only set up to this thing and then they're able to take classes during the day. So it's oh, like learn is. Mandarin or it's like uh, chair aerobics or whatever and then it's storytelling with Leslie. That's great <laughs> actually, Leslie. Yeah, so they, so then we, like it's just like through the computer almost like a Skype thing and we do a storytelling thing um, and they're a lot of fun. They like to comment on uh, on my apartment in the background. They're like, who made the quilts back there? <laughs> So are your are your parents proud of you now seeing all of your success? I mean, you've gotten critical acclaim in the New York Times and Time Out New York and Sirius XM and you know, I mean, you're you're really respected among peers and I have to say that storytelling is both the nicest community in I think of the live performance. I agree. stuff, um but also <laughs> really good. And so it's it means it means more to be able to stand out there because in stand-up, a lot of the people who make it big are not necessarily the funniest people. They're really yeah. good at self-promotion. Not always, but but there is that aspect. There are people who are wildly talented who make it big too. But, yeah. But there's both. Yeah. And so I feel like there's something really beautiful to be so respected in oh, the storytelling thank community. You. Yeah. I, I mean, I really – it's my one of my favorite communities. It's, And I kind of have a theory about that, which for me is I think there's not – that super competitive cutthroat, you know, elbow out of the way because no one's going to take your story. Nobody. So there's that already that diffuses any kind of tension. I feel like with stand up, maybe it's like, oh, I want to get the joke in about that what thing that just happened first, or I got to hit this many spots. It's just very like, I, I want to get on this lamp, this lamp, this lamp, this lamp, you know, and I'm going to stay and do my set and bounce, you know, it's like very much like that. And I feel like storytelling, it's, it's innately kind of set up where like, all right, we're here for an experience. We're here for a show. And there's no pressure of like, they're going to steal my joke. 
or they're going to take my bit because you can't because you're, you're not living anyone else's life but your own. Right. So it automatically allows you to kind of just sit there and listen and appreciate what that person is doing and for them to do the same for you. What are some of the key things you tell people um, when you're teaching them storytelling? Don't suck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about lame. nurturing. <laughs> yeah. You're all going to die, so don't suck while you're here. Um, no. <laughs> so harsh. Um, it, literally, the first thing I, I say is like, I go, this always sounds remedial. Because I, te- I teach corporate storytelling too. Okay. And I, I say the same thing at the beginning. I go, this is going to sound really remedial, but your story has to have a beginning, middle, and end. Like, yeah. and that sounds so simple, but you'd be surprised how many people just, it, otherwise you have an anecdote and yeah. then you have just someone and it leaves you like, okay, what was, I just listened to eight minutes of what, you know? So just simple things like that. And also, you know, you know, I shouldn't say who said it, but you know, but my friend says very point blank. He's like, why do we care? And you know, why, you know, when you just start putting these stories together, like, why is someone going to care to hear this? You know, don't yeah. just say it because you want to hear yourself talk and tell the story. Like, there's some thought behind it. You know, why why do I want to share this? Why are you going to want to hear it? I want to make sure I hit these points that I show you that there's a complete story here, uh, you know, that there's a character change. I have some tension. Just simple stuff like that. It's nuts yeah. and bolts. Yeah, but those are those are good nuts and bolts to kernels of wisdom for people Pop to go, go, go from. And so you do corporate storytelling as well. Yeah. Is that, is that what pays the bills in, in addition to... It helps. Okay, it helps. <laughs> yep, everything helps. Everything helps. I agree. It, it I, totally helps. Whenever I get to moderate or Q&A for yeah. corporate events, I love it. Yeah. yeah. But I'll you, you also get that copyright check. for them. I'll do whatever. Yep. Yeah. You get, we just got to make we got to make that rent, girl. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, I am glad that you haven't abandoned music and that was the, the other part that I wanted to talk about. So in addition to Sideshow Goshko, you're in five bands... It's like something like that. And then I get pulled in to sometimes do just like a freelance gig or something. If someone has like a one-off, they'll be like, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, sure. And I'll like sit in for that. And then you also do Sid Gold's um, karaoke there. Yes. I play piano karaoke at Sid Gold's. So fun. (laughs) I'm going to be there tomorrow. Okay, (laughs) But when this airs. When this airs, it'll be tomorrow. It'll be be tomorrow. Maybe I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) But, But where should people go to look for you on Twitter? You can do Twitter. It's uh, Oh My Goshko. Okay. Uh, can you spell Goshko for everyone? Yes. G-O-S-H-K-O. I tell people the way to remember it, you just think, oh my gosh, and then add a K-O. Perfect. Don't go to that. Well, or do. That used to be my website. So here's the thing. People are like, do you have a website? And I'm like, it's a story. So I used to have ohmygoshko.com, but like back in the day when you had to have like a Yahoo platform to go through or whatever. Yeah. So anyways, I let that lapse. And as soon as I let it lapse... It got commandeered by an Asian porn site. Amazing. This is like <laughs> your family must like <laughs> amazing. So I and I, I every once in a while I go check to see, but they keep renewing it. So I can't to use that domain name. So now I just I will probably just make a new one. But you can Clearly go to, they know that you are going to be very famous. Very they famous. already know how talented you are. <laughs> but and you, so that is why they are laying the claim. They are staking the ground now. And you know what's funny is I get like I don't want to say accused, but it is the way people like kind of accost me with it. Like I get accused of being Asian all the time. Like people come up to me and they'll literally just say like, you're Asian. You're Asian, right? I'm like Asian Jew. I'm an Asian Jew. (laughs) I'm so ethnically ambiguous. (laughs) Uh, Um, Sideshow Goshko dot blogspot. (laughs) 
There we go. Dot com. That's old school. It's, That's classic. That's old school. Well, you know, the Asian porn comes in and then you got to you got to revamp. You got to rethink things. You can find her on Friendster, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, I, I really do hope people find you because I just I'm so impressed with your raw talent as a storyteller and as a, as a singer. And you're just also so much fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a joy. Good at parties. That's what's on the business card. She's good at parties and she enjoys (laughs) cats. Oh, my God. And you can find her stuff on HuffPo. Yeah, there's a lot of cat stuff on the Huffington Post that I wrote about. I just write about my cat. Leslie has contributed to the, um, really, I'd say like the cat. You could become a cat historian in many ways. I would love to. Or a cat pop culture. That's hard for me to say. A cat Cat pop pop culture culture expert. Yeah. Cat pop culture. Uh, it's those years of allergy shots that made it happen. Good for you. I know. Yeah, that's right, because you're allergic to cats. Deathly allergic. Yeah, I'm a little allergic too. Yeah, three years of shots I had to do. For I that just little have to fucker. Do a couple ex boyfriends. <laughs> the shots again. are less. The shots are less never painful. Again. <laughs> um, I, I really do hope people go out and see you perform, and I just want to say um, how much fun it was to speak with you today. Oh my god, this was a pleasure. This went by so fast. Thank you for having me. You're like you're. You're one of the good ones, Katie. There's certain people – I think I even told you this before, like when we were trying to get together. Uh, were you in – you were in Brooklyn, but you, were you recording it out in Brooklyn ever? Uh, once or twice. Like once yeah. or twice. And I was like, there's very few people I will like go to like, well, like travel. You're yeah. you're one of them. I think you are just one of the nicest, most talented, savvy, ass-kicking chicks out there. Thank you so much. I, I'm your bitch, just like your niece. <laughs> You my, you my bitch, bitch. <laughs> no, I'm never going to get invited back here, just like at my cousins. All right. Well, we'll have to have you back to find out where you went for your Thanksgiving in 2017. Um, Leslie Goshko, this has been a privilege. Thank you all um, for listening. Please come to a live show if you are in New York. Uh, Joe's Pub at the Public Theater. You can go to employeeofthemonthshow.com. Again, employeeofthemonthshow.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Katie Lazarus, Katie's with a C. Or follow Leslie Goshko on Twitter. Um, and also I want to thank Rob Schulte for editing this together as well as ACAST um, for allowing us to use their studio. All right. Have a good one. Hope you are following your dreams or a dream and hopefully it's not that nightmare about the guerrilla warfare on the bus. <laughs> talk to you soon. I'll see you next week or talk to you next week. I may see you in my dreams. I could. <laughs>